It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Cincinnati Reds are so over the Milwaukee Brewers. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan that has turned an addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me talk some Reds baseball with you. I encourage you. If you're listening, hit me up on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's. And, or if you're uh, watching here on YouTube, jump down in our comments section, leave a question, leave a comment, whatever you've got about our Cincinnati Red Legs. And maybe you're just as frustrated with the Milwaukee Brewers as I am, probably so, because uh, we love talking Reds baseball and love talking Reds baseball with you. You can get even more Reds baseball and uh, great first-hand content, first-hand information. You can be the first to get Reds news and info, be the first to have your Red, your questions answered on live shows, and have a direct line to me. Just text I'm in to 513-597-0944 or follow the link in the description of this episode and join subtext with me today uh, because I've uh, I love the Cincinnati Reds team. I've been doing this now my fifth season talking about the Cincinnati Reds every day on the Locked On Podcast or Locked On Reds podcast that's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every single day. And we always try to be there for you. And to be honest with you, I'm glad that you're there for me during this series, during this season series that has been the Reds and the Brewers. And let's all just have a little bit of a therapeutic conversation because, holy crap, you're probably really frustrated just like I am. This Cincinnati Reds team has been so much fun all year long. The, the surprise that they have been to all of us Reds fans, say nothing of the national media or anybody that covers baseball, to us Reds fans and how surprising they've been. And then for some reason, when they play the Milwaukee Brewers, it's like they go right back to where they were last year. They can't hit, can't run the bases. They can field reasonably well. And honestly, this three-game set in Milwaukee, they pitch pretty decently. Now, Milwaukee's lineup is nothing really to be scared of. I mean, you, you're scared of Christian Yelich. That's pretty much it. I mean, nobody else on that lineup has really been a consistent thorn in the red side this year except for Christian Yelich. So all of that being said, every single one of these games that the Reds lost, the Brewers did just enough to win. And the reason that we're so fresh, let's, let's break this down into numbers, all right? In the 13 games that the Reds and the Brewers played, the Reds were 3-10. and 10. They had a negative 15 run differential. That's annoying. What's even more annoying is the fact that they have played so much better against everyone else. Every other team. They're 53 and 38 with a positive 12 run differential against everyone else. Yeah, 15 games over 500 against teams not named the Milwaukee Brewers. Let's even flip this around. The Brewers' perspective, the Brewers are 47-43, and 43, still over 500, but only just. 
with a negative 21 run differential versus everyone not named the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds are a much better team than the Brewers. They just seem to have some sort of game plan, some sort of <sighs> kryptonite, I guess, we're going to go with. Yeah, the, the Brewers are the Reds' kryptonite. All right, I mean, we get it. Let's admit it. We'll say it. Fine. Yeah. We really don't want to see them as Reds fans. We do not want to see the Cincinnati Reds have to play the Milwaukee Brewers in the postseason because whatever it is that Milwaukee has just seems to work against the Reds. I firmly believe the Reds are a better time, a better team than they are, but it's just so annoying. Like, consider this. Yes, the Reds are 1-5 this season against the Atlanta Braves, but they scored more runs in those six games against the Atlanta Braves. They scored 37 runs against the Braves in six games. They only scored 35 runs against the Brewers in 13 games. 35 runs. <sighs> Let's all have just a collective exhale. It's probably not even a very calm exhale. It's a, a growl, really. And let's just, let's just move past this because this Reds team has been so much fun. This is kind of like that, you know, when you're looking back on your day at work or something like that, and there's that one thing, the one, the one email or the one customer or the one situation that just sticks in your craw. The Brewers are the one thing that just sticks in our craw as Reds fans this year. Kudos to them for winning 10 out of 13 games. Bye. <laughs> it's like that, that gif from, I think it was Tombstone. He's like, well, bye. Like, seriously, no more. We're done with the Brewers. It's, it's over. Uh, the, the Reds have been a good team this year. Let's not let the Brewers cloud that. Tip the hat. They, they figured out some way to play the Reds. Um, looking at this game, though, a couple of positives. Number one, Ben Lively, second quality start of the season. Yes, it might surprise you to know that there's only been two quality starts by Ben Lively in the 11 starts that he has made this season. He's actually been an admirable performer for the most part this year. It's just if you're going to stack him up apples to apples to other starters, He's only got two quality starts in 11, but I've loved what I've seen from him, and this was a gritty performance. He pitched around some hits. He did have some base runners, but he was able to keep the Brewers off the board for the most part. They end up scoring late in this game, but just a, a very nice performance by him. Almost goes seven innings. Had to be taken out in the bottom of the seventh inning after allowing a base runner, and uh, Alex Young was able to get out of the jam. But all in all, I've really enjoyed what I've seen from Ben Lively. He's a guy, though, that I think about in the near future of this season. Hopefully, Green and Lodolo can come back healthy from their injuries and return to the starting rotation and provide their wonderful talents to the Reds in a pitching form. And then you're looking at Ben Lively as being an odd man out of the rotation. I think that it's pretty obvious at this point, if Green and Lodolo are healthy, you've got Green, Lodolo, Ashcraft, Abbott, and I think Williamson. I think Williamson's really starting to come on now, and those are your five guys. Ben Lively's been fine, and, and, and I have appreciate everything he's done, but I kind of think I'm getting some Connor Overton vibes here. Like, he's never done this before. This is by far the best year of his career, 
And I think that he can be a very big value for the Reds as a middle innings guy that could really eat up some key innings in a tight spot for you if you need him to. And I think that that, that in and of itself is a value that the Reds don't currently have. I, I would love to see him in that role. Um, so he, w- he was the biggest bright spot on the day. Ellie De La Cruz got a hit off Joel Pyamps, so yay, the Reds aren't hitless against Joel Pyamps this year. Devin Williams, of course, did what Devin Williams does and completely shuts down the Reds in the ninth inning. He's good. I know we were talking about he's not that good. He's he's a good pitcher. He is. But it's just been so frustrating to watch this Reds team play this Brewers team that, frankly, I think the Reds are better than the Brewers. The Brewers have better pitching, sure. I think if the Reds pitching was healthy, it'd be an interesting comparison. But sure, the Reds have better, or the Red, or the the Brewers have better pitching. The Reds have a far better lineup. It's just you know, good pitching beats good hitting. That's that's how it's always been. So I'm a little salty, a little mad, and you know what? We're done with that. We're moving forward because Dodgers coming up this weekend, and a bunch of teams not named the Brewers for the rest of the year. So let's all smile and totally forget about the freaking Brewers coming up. We're going to forget about the freaking Brewers by looking at the trade deadline and looking at some players that you may not have thought to be untouchable who could be untouchable as we head into the trade deadline. Uh, Lindsey Crosby from Lockdown MLB Prospects joins me uh, to talk about that very thing coming up next. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is Ibotta. If you're finally taking that summer vacation that you've been planning, but you've been dreading buying all those necessities before you take off, it's time to stop spending your hard-earned money without getting anything in return. Enter Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could use your cash back to buy that flight that you've been eyeing. That That game that you're dying to go to. Or the fancy dinner that you've been craving. Other apps will give you points, and those don't amount to much. But Ibotta is going to give you real cash that you can uh, cash out and put into your bank account, uh, PayPal, or even gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers, too, when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Best Buy, that's the promised land right there, man. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code MLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the promo code code MLB to get $5. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use code MLB. As always, if you cannot make it down to the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. And thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up at 3 p.m. today. We have a live interaction show. And get in the comments, give us some questions, give us some thoughts, and we will react to you. You get to drive the ship 
and that's on our Locked On Reds YouTube page. Make sure you come join us there. We would look forward to having you as we talk about this trade deadline, as we look forward to the Dodgers series. But speaking of the trade deadline, Lindsey Crosby's here to help us kind of look at some values and look at some interesting guys who he would have be untouchable. Well, it is trade season, despite the fact that no trades have been happening here recently. Although I did see the Cardinals traded away a relief pitcher, and now JD's complaining about the bullpen, so there's that. Uh, The trade season is in full effect for those who are selling, and for those who are buying, like the Cincinnati Reds, like we have heard from Nick Crawl, there are some things that they need to take care of, and there are some questions that we have, like how much is too much for a prospect? And, And when you're talking about the different guys that the Reds have in their farm system, who is untouchable to help us with all of that. We have our locked on MLB prospects, man, Lindsey Crosby coming in here. And uh, Lindsey, I know that you've been high on the Reds farm system all season long. Uh, Lots of people have lauded the amount of talent that Nick Kroll has hoarded over these last couple of years. (laughs) So for most of us fans, we would look at that and we say, all right, we got enough to trade for just about anybody we want to go get. Why is that flawed right now? So the big thing to remember when it comes to trade deadline deals are, one, the prices, you mentioned the prices are high, but the prices are artificially high. And Mm -hmm. this year, doubly so, simply because there's that cluster of eight teams in the middle that we don't know if they're going to buy or, or they're going to sell, right? And so the best thing that you can do is like, you can go out. I don't expect the Reds to be at the top of the market for anybody. And right. some of that is because look at the success this team has had this year. So much of that success has come on the strength of getting the kids from the farm system to the bigs. So the last thing you want to do is take away the next kids that would be coming up to the bigs. Uh, I, I only have a few guys in the system that are kind of untouchable, but okay. for the most part, I think there's some acknowledgement that like, yes, Costs are very high. You're probably not going to make a giant swing, but it is entirely possible to improve this roster without decimating your farm system. I've looked at this and I've thought that there's not necessarily a singular. So I'm very interested in who you're, who you're looking at singularly as untouchable. I've kind of thought like Nick crawl probably has a number in his head. Like this is the number of like prospects that we have that I will trade and I'm not going anymore. Like I'm thinking he's only looking at like three or four because kind of like you said, I don't think he's going to be setting the market with any sort of deal, but I do think he's going to make some moves, but I am curious because you had mentioned you do have a couple of guys you would list as untouchable. Who are you looking at? So for me, the two guys uh, and, and, and okay, clarifying, I'm not taking guys off the major league roster. So I'm not trading Jonathan India. I'm not trading CES. I'm not trading Spencer Steer. None of that, with the exception of maybe a fringe piece like a Jose Barrero. But for me, right-hand pitcher Chase Petty is a guy that should not get moved. Uh, the combination of stuff. I mean, he's been, he's been, he's looked very good this season. He is more of a pitcher than a thrower, and uh, the 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 ceiling of the the fastball with the velocity that he can take it to, as well as the split change, some of the stuff that he does. I think that he's realistically a number three pitcher Mm. and that's something where look at the rotation you have now once everybody's healthy you have a Graham Ashcraft and a Lodolo and a Green Uh, he he is a very key piece to this team being competitive going forward so Chase Petty is sticking around for me Uh, the other guy is Edwin Arroyo 
And I, everybody's probably thinking it's going to be Novi Marte, right? But it's Edwin Arroyo. And to me, it's because he's such a good defender. And this is something right now your infield is kind of set, pretty much set for the most part. But Edwin Arroyo is the type of player his offensive approach has been getting better and better and better. His OPS, lefty and righty, is just about the same, which is very rare to see. And the defense is so incredibly good that he's one of those guys that gives you a ton of options when he gets to the major league level because he can not only play gold glove caliber shortstop, he could kick in or out to second or third, whatever he had to do uh, to, to help this team in case of injuries. And so he's a guy, the defensive ceiling, he's not going to hit for a ton of power, but the defensive ceiling and the offensive skill, he's also the second guy on my list I'm not getting rid of. But just about everybody else, I would be open to it. But like you said, everything that we've heard from Nick Crawl, it's going to be, we've got two or three guys we're looking at moving, and that's probably about it. I'm thinking, when I, when I look at it, Lion Richardson, double-A starting pitcher, probably a guy looking to get moved, especially because... The AA Southern League, that tacky baseball has kind of inflated some of the trade values of some of the pitchers. Mm-hmm. And then a guy like a Reese Hines, someone who uh, is far enough away where you're not going to immediately hurt if you lose him. Mm-hmm. But he's also uh, been in the system long enough to show the talent and show the potential. His trade value is probably not any higher than it's going to get right now. Yeah, that was one thing that I, I his streak that he went on, I believe it was in May. Mm-hmm. that he was just hitting the cover off the ball seemed like every night and there were some folks that were starting to wonder oh is he figuring it out and as much as I would love to feel that way there's been so much more of a sample size that has told us that figuring it out might be this it might yeah. just be what we're seeing and he probably cools off and he becomes a very streaky hitter who sure he's going to show you some power for a short period of time so yeah, as, as weird as it might say, being the fact that we are talking about a farm system that is loaded with infield talent and lots of question marks in the outfield, yeah, I think Reese Hines uh, is a guy that I would have on that list. And kind of like you said with Richardson, like I, I, I feel as though looking at his future, is he really a rotation guy? Like, Are we looking at him getting to the Reds in the major leagues and being in this rotation? That's hard to say, especially with you talking about Chase Petty. It's very obvious that Connor Phillips is going to be up here soon. Mm-hmm. And you've already got at least four guys in the major leagues that are bona fide starters. Um, and a couple of dudes coming back from injured. So I, I really think that overall pitching might actually be a little bit of a strength to deal from. And, I, you know, you always say that you need like six or seven guys through the course of a season, but... Liam Richardson might be one of those six or seven guys for another team to get a guy right now for the Reds. Yeah, for for both of them, it really kind of comes down to maximizing their value and are they going to be uh, higher value than they are right now? Going back to Hines for a second, something where the strained hamstring kind of explains, okay, like this is why the numbers change. But before that, the hottest hitter, like you said, six straight uh, games with home runs in June, cut his strikeout rate by about 10%. And it's something where... I don't necessarily know if the strikeout rate's going to get low enough where he's going to be a consistent regular. He's just going to be a streaky guy. Your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. But it is easy to say this is probably the the highest the trade value will be. Richardson, same situation. A lot of the scouting updates that came out in June or early July were the, the fastball has been as good as we thought it was. It's mid to high 90s. But the changeups look plus. The slider, the curveball have both looked to be at least average or above average. 
And they know better than we do, but again, so many of those double-A Southern League pitchers look better than they might actually be because of the effects of that baseball. So if you're someone who, like you mentioned, doesn't necessarily think he's going to be good enough to break the rotation, then now's the time to deal him before uh, the numbers potentially slide backward a bit to maybe what he actually is. want to get your take on uh, Jose Barrero because I feel like he is a guy that we know where he fits on this roster, and he's kind of like the 28th man, 29th man. Like It's going to take some injuries for him to get back to the major leagues, and even then, he's not going to be an everyday player. He's going to be rotation player at best Mm -hmm. is is there someone out there who could look at him and say maybe we could fix him maybe we could hone in his skills because he still is that dude that was uh putting all the high scouting grades out there it's just for some reason it hasn't come together yet that is exactly why i was looking at barrero possibly being an option to get moved from the major league roster there's always that gm out there who sees the former top prospect and sees them not succeeding and says, well, I can fix him. It's like in dating, right? Right. <laughs> I can fix him. And you so often see so many trades where a top prospect will move from one organization to another. It's a change of scenery trade. Mm-hmm. And he feels like a guy that would be other teams would be interested in because the defense is very good. I mean, he has a plus glove at short. He's still very young, so lots of contractual control. And then again, he was a former top prospect who had the positive scouting reports. And there's going to be a GM who thinks, well, we can fix him even if they couldn't. So I don't know who it's going to be, but it feels like he's an option there. Nick Senzel, possibly something similar to that as well. He's uh, he's starting against lefties. Uh, it feels like somebody may think he could do a bigger role than what he's doing now. He did just hit a home run off a right-handed pitcher, and that surprised the heck out of everybody whenever it happened. I was like, wait, what hand is that? Oh, perfect. Oh, hey, hey. Perfect timing for for a GM to think, hey, that guy could sneaky be a everyday starter versus just a, a small short side platoon guy. Like that's the timing around the deadline. The schedule matters so much. Individual performance matters so much because recency bias, right? Like we all are susceptible to ignoring the long track record of this because we have well, we just saw him look really good against a righty, so he probably can do it. Let's go get him and make him a full-time starter. Yep. So the first thing that everyone thinks about the trade deadline is, how are we going to replace these prospects? Okay, not everybody thinks about that, but some of you might be thinking about that. And Lindsay helps me kind of dissect the draft picks that the Reds had in this year's draft and why they will help fill players that they could possibly trade during this deadline season. That's coming up next. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to remind you that even though the Reds are off today, as they head to Los Angeles for the weekend, if you can't be at Dodger Stadium, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. And in between episodes, you can get all of your Reds coverage by following us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can get even more Reds coverage, Reds news. You can be the first to get Reds information. You can be that friend that knows about the Reds and can tell all of your other friends like, yeah, did you hear about that thing? I knew about that thing because you follow me on subtext. Just text the words I'm in to 513-597-0944 and get a direct line to me. 
Plus, join our Lockdown Reds Discord chat. We've got a great group of folks talking Reds baseball all day, every day on the Lockdown Reds Discord. The link down in the description of this episode. All right, let's jump back into our conversation. We're going to look at the draft that the Reds had. Lindsay loves this draft, by the way, for the Reds, and why it's going to replace some prospects that the Reds could deal at the deadline. Speaking of all of these trades, the biggest thing, there's there's a camp of Reds fans, and I don't necessarily consider myself a part of this, but I understand the, the plan that Nick Kroll has set forth and how much trades would actually derail that plan or, 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 or be part of that plan. I don't know. The biggest question everybody has, though, is can the Reds restock? Can they, you know, kind of wear through, and I'm trying to think of the word, God, can they, can they <laughs> survive a trade deadline where they give up maybe a Noel V. Marte, maybe some top prospects and things like that? And my first thought was, well, they just had a pretty decent draft. Did their draft set them up for success with trading away maybe one or two top guys this season? Yeah, so a lot of what Cincinnati did in the draft, especially when it came to pitching, was they took high-level college pitching that either has done it at the highest level, Rhett Lauder and Ty Floyd in the College World Series, or has done it consistently in those larger conferences. Hunter Holland at Arkansas, doing it in the SEC. Um, And so... It feels like if you want, if you move arms, you've got guys coming in behind them that should be quicker to get to the bigs because they have that high-level pitching experience. And especially in the case of a Rhett Lauder, you have a guy who has done the the development that comes along with being at Wake Forest and the Wake Forest Pitching Lab. When you look at some of the, the position players that they got, it's a good balance of going and get some high ceiling um, prepsters, like a Sammy Stafura out of they say of New York, I think, mm. as well as going out and getting some college guys at positions of need. You got uh, Virginia outfielder Ethan O'Donnell, big fan of what he can bring. Long Beach State catcher Connor Burns is was probably not only the best defensive catcher in the draft, but probably one of the better defensive catchers we've seen in the draft in mm. four or five years. I don't know how well he's going to hit, but. It's, you know, a couple options at first base, Carter Graham from Stanford, Jack Moss from Texas A&M. Like, it's a really good job of getting a diverse amount of talent at positions of need on the hitting side with pitchers that should be able to move quicker through the system and supplement if you do have to get an arm or two out at the deadline. So it feels like to me, and, and this is something where I'm definitely weak when it comes to looking at draft and how it pertains to the team. I understand teams generally, all 30 teams pick from best available, but in the case of Sammy Stafur, I was thinking about this, like, is he a perfect kind of, not necessarily one-for-one replacement, you really slot him into Noelvi Marte's ranking or something like that, but if the Reds were to deal Noelvi Marte, they could look and they say, well, we've got this kid who, yeah, he's not on the same timeline as Noelvi Marte, but we don't need him to be because we have all of these middle infielders up in the bigs already. Yeah, he's he's definitely a situation where we can afford to wait a little bit longer to get him to the bigs, but impact at the major league level, he can have the same type of impact that Noelvi Marte could have had. And it feels to me like if you were putting some sort of conspiracy theory on it, like, okay, we're preparing ourselves if we don't have Noel B. Marte, 
we still have that high ceiling left side of the infield guy coming up through the system. Um, but him, pitcher Cole Schoenwetter out of California, like two young guys that very much fit the timeline of the next wave of prospects to come because you've gotten most of these guys up. And and I do see in some places in there, some of the guys that went, you took a, a, a shortstop in the 16th round, Bernard Moon out of a, a high school in Georgia, you know, just a couple different guys, Kyle Henley out of high school again in Georgia, that very high ceilings and guys that, that could be replacements for people that you could trade like a Reese Hines, like a Noelby Marte, you can see how they, they match a profile. You can see how they match a ceiling, but you're resetting the timeline. And it. I always love the Reds draft. I really like this one. I really thought it was a good job of getting value, of getting guys who can help the Major League team both sooner and later. And so because of that, you now have more options at the trade deadline because you've restocked some of these key positions like shortstop, like outfield, and like pitch, starting pitching. I feel like, and and it's going to be unfair to compare anyone to these two players, but I feel like Matt McClain, my t-shirt, and uh, Andrew Abbott have kind of reset our expectations as far as like college, college players that are pretty advanced that get picked high by the Reds. Will we see Rhett Louder and um and, and I'm blanking on the other guy's name, Ty, Ty Floyd, Ty Floyd. Ty Floyd. Uh, will we see those guys in two years? It's entirely possible. Uh, louder, possibly more so than Floyd, depending on health. Uh, Floyd is very much, he, he's a little bit more raw as a pitcher, right? It's a big fastball guy, that, that uh, fastball up in the zone, tons of swings and misses. We saw that huge 17 strikeout game he had in the College World Series, but his secondaries are a work in progress. Rhett Louder is more of a complete pitcher. Obviously, you've got the, the, the changeup is one of the best pitches in this entire class, but then... Uh, what kind of extra development can you do? His is the the transition to throw in every five days. I absolutely see both of those guys, but louder more so than Floyd, as a potential of 2024 end of season. We get them a couple starts just so they can get their feet wet at the major league level, see how hitters react to them, and then work in the offseason at a 2025 Rookie of the Year campaign. Like It, it really feels like they should be able to move that fast and if you needed Floyd sooner, you could probably put him in the bullpen, you know, sometime later next year, and he, he could be effective out of there as well. But if you want them both as starters, you're looking at a uh, cup of coffee in 24, contending in spring training for a spot in 25. And really, that's that's all you can ask for from from your top draft picks there. That's That's the best case scenario, obviously. So you heard it here first. Whenever the Reds trade a couple of top dudes for Justin Verlander, they're going to be okay because <laughs> the draft was amazing. Lindsay, I appreciate you so much for coming on. Uh, we know that there's a lot of great stuff coming down the pipe for MLB prospects. You're going to be all over uh, the prospects that get dealt at the deadline because mm -hmm. as quiet as it's been so far, it's not going to be quiet. I know at least the last couple of days leading up to the deadline, that's when everybody's going to get their get their get their trades in. It's going to be like you know trying to get the homework in right there at the end, uh, right there under the gun. Sunday, uh, Monday, and Tuesday afternoon is going to be wild around here. We'll have uh, breakdowns of everybody that gets moved. If not right away, then we'll get them on Wednesday's show. It's going to be just tons of coverage on Locked in the Movie Prospects. 
If you are looking for prospect information, you can do no better than Lindsey Crosby every single day on the Lockdown MLB Prospects podcast. So glad that he got a chance to come join us and talk a little bit about the Reds system. I know that the Reds farm system has been one that he has talked about ad nauseum this season because they've been so fun. They've been so interesting. And we've had so many guys get called up into the major league. So that's lots of fun to be had there. And Lindsay does a great job every single day covering him. Go check him out. Before we get out of here, wanted to let you know one more time, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. But that'll do it for us here today. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Every day is coming up today, 3 p.m., live interaction show on the YouTube channel. If you're listening on your favorite podcast app, I encourage you to join us over on our Lockdown Reds YouTube page. And for those watching us right here, make sure that you subscribe and you click that bell to get notified whenever we go live. Love to have you uh, join us in the conversation as you get to drive the show. That's uh, today at 3 p.m. on the Lockdown Reds YouTube page. But until then, make sure you join me on subtext and join us on the Lockdown Reds Discord so that you just like me, can be locked on Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.